Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the World Spark Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Murphy. You know, when it comes to innovation in rural business, what could be more innovative than turning waste into a valuable product for sale? And what if that new product was a special brand of vodka? Well, that's what's happening at Dairy Distillery in the small town of Almont in eastern Ontario. They transform unused milk sugar into what is described as an incredibly smooth and clean spirit. It not only reduces waste, but it's provided a new opportunity for dairy farmers. We have founder Omid McDonald with us today to share the dairy distillery story. Good morning, Omid, and welcome to Rural Spark. A pleasure to be with you. Now, and I was looking into a little bit of the um, the dairy distillery story. I noticed that you folks are from Elmont, and it's a great Canadian small town. And I was wondering, why do I remember seeing Elmont news quite a bit lately? And of course, that's the setting for all those Hallmark Christmas stories we see, um, those movies we see uh, advertised on television now, isn't it? Well, Almond is uh, is known for uh, many things. It's been uh, very popular as a film set for uh, Christmas and holiday movies. Uh, it's the the founder of creator of basketball, Mr. Naismith, is from Almond, so it's known for for that as well. And recently, it's become quite a foodie destination with some really interesting makers who have called Almond their home. It must be a, a community with great pride. There's lots of things that the, the residents can take pride in there. Oh, it is. Yes. And um, it's, it's been growing fast. A lot of people are now calling Almont home and commuting into Ottawa. So it's, it's definitely a, a community that's seen a, a big uh, resurgence in growth. Can you tell us a little bit more about the community you're in, like the population size and the market that Dairy Distillery serves? Uh, well, Almont itself is in the Valley of Mississippi Mills. I think it's about 15,000 people. We serve beyond Almont, so we are vodka. Our vodka made from uh, dairy uh, byproduct uh, is sold at the LCBO across Ontario. It's uh, also sold in Alberta, Nova Scotia, soon to be sold in Newfoundland and BC. So we are here in Almont, but aiming to serve the world. Wow, excellent. So tell us, how did the dairy distillery come to be? Well, I was always interested in starting a craft distillery, but really never found an, an idea that I thought could really work. And then uh, about uh, four years ago, my uh, cousin and I were just talking about ideas and he was mentioning that his uncle, story his uncle told him where they were dumping skim milk here in Ontario. There's just a surplus of it. And so I said to myself, well, can you turn that into alcohol? And that's where the the story uh, started. So did research, discovered it had been done before, going back to the Mongols, Genghis Khan fermented mare's milk to make beer back then. In the 70s, there were efforts to turn away, which was a byproduct of cheese production, into fuel for cars during the oil crisis. But since then, only very few distilleries worked with lactose. And so we focused on figuring that out. So the dairy industry itself has no use for lactose, does it? It was something that was essentially dumped? Well, the vast majority of excess lactose is going to animal feed, and so it's not really a profit center for them. It's just a way of disposing of it. There are applications for lactose. If you ever wonder why you're pills are white. It's uh, pills, pharmaceuticals are cut with lactose. Lactose can be used to make uh, laxatives, uh, but these are all very small volume applications compared to the billions of liters of it being produced and needing to find a home. Right. So does this amount to a competitive advantage for dairy distillery to get this uh, product that you need to uh, produce uh, spirits at very low cost or free? 
in a couple of ways, there, there definitely is an economic advantage. The, the cost of ingredients for spirits is small compared to other costs involved in the bottle. But for us, it's really the story. When we started, we were a bit worried about telling people that we were using a, a waste product. And so we used the word unused uh, milk sugar and things like that. But then as people heard our story, they played it back to us and said, oh, you're using a waste product and turning into something delicious. And that really got them excited. And so it's become a cornerstone of our story. Right, because now it's something that I think is makes sense from a business point of view to brag about, right? We like to hear that, you know, enterprises and products that we're using are, are taking waste out of the system. Yeah, it's definitely a movement across all industries right now. And in spirits, people are looking for waste reuse. Like why use perfectly good grains or potatoes to make alcohol, which could be used for human consumption when there's a, a beautiful sugar that needs a home. Right. So one of your cornerstone products is called Vodkow, of course. Tell us about it. Yeah, so Vodkow is our vodka. It's actually now we could call it a vodka. That was another interesting thing we went through is when we started the project, we, the definition of vodka wouldn't allow our product to be called a vodka because vodkas in Canada had to be made out of grain or potatoes. Mm. Uh, but we uh, petitioned the federal government and got that law changed last year, which is pretty cool. So uh, it is a vodka. It's 40% alcohol. It's clear. So people ask, oh, is it uh, like milk or opaque? But no, it's clear and it has a little bit of sweetness to it. Smoother than a typical vodka, but it is totally mixable or enjoyable on ice. Terrific. Well, tell us about the response that you are getting from customers and retailers about the product itself and, and how much they're commenting maybe on the environmentally friendly way that you're making it. We introduced the product into the LCBO last year, and it was just released in Ottawa area stores. And the pickup was such that the LCBO moved us to a full provincial listing, which is pretty rare for a new producer to get that with the LCBO. So that just shows the pull for, for the product and, and getting into other provinces also shows that the, the story is, is resonating. So we've been very fortunate that way. Have you been able to calculate your carbon footprint, which I know some, you know, uh, brewers and uh, distillers are trying to do to give some kind of measurement to that? Yeah, well, it's we're very transparent about it. So if you go to our website, we have a whole section on sustainability, including our carbon uh, life cycle analysis. So you can see exactly how many kilograms of carbon go into producing a, a bottle of vodka. And since we are using a waste product and the energy used in our processes much lower than traditional alcohol making. We have a very low carbon footprint, which we offset with carbon credits to be carbon neutral. And so I believe we're the only uh, uh, vodka in Ontario that is carbon neutral. Wow. And I'm wondering now that we're into, um, you know, the second wave of the pandemic and it's been going on for so long, how has that impacted the dairy distillery? I understand that in the early uh, days you did switch to producing hand sanitizer. Like many of our fellow uh, distilleries, we uh, start uh, producing hand sanitizer, but we've continued to do so. So we've continued to innovate. Uh, we now have a gel formulation. And so we supply the Ottawa Hospital and all the COVID testing centers in the Ottawa Valley. So that's been uh, uh, keeping us quite busy in the last six months. And a quick shout out now to our sponsor, ExploreNet. Sometimes it seems like rural Canadians get forgotten when we see big developments in technology like 5G internet. But what's different with ExploreNet is that they focus only on providing internet service in rural areas. 
And they're going to bring the latest 5G-ready technology to rural Canadians even before the cities get it. ExploreNet keeps almost 1 million rural Canadians connected to what matters most, and they've been a champion for rural Canada for more than 15 years. Learn more at ExploreNet.com. That's X-P-L-O-R-N-E-T dot com. I'm wondering what lessons you learned along the whole innovation process. Like when you first started looking at this dairy waste product and thought you might take it into uh, what you're doing there at the distillery, did you encounter a lot of barriers, a lot of naysayers? And as you said, you even had to go and get to legislation change. So I take it that when you're, you know, looking at doing some major innovation like this, it's not for the faint of heart, right? You have to have a lot of persistence. Oh, totally. You got to be have pretty thick skin, uh, be used to people laughing and and not responding to your emails or calls. But uh, this is my fourth startup and I've taken ideas to market before and I know it's it's a difficult path, but it's quite a rewarding one when you finally get the idea shipping. And that to me is the most fun part of the process. Right. So if you've had startups before, I'm sure you've had the ups and downs of it. And we always often talk about how failure is a good thing, right? We have to have some failures along the way and learn how to pick ourselves up and do even better. Has that been your experience? Have you uh, learned from those ups and downs in the past that make you uh, a better entrepreneur today? Well, totally. I've lived through failure. Uh, I've had a business that uh, didn't succeed and had to go through the the difficult process of unwinding that and doing the really non, not fun parts of entrepreneurship, but it, it's an experience and the sum of experiences allow you to move forward. And that's what I'm finding now is that uh, people ask, oh, is uh, alcohol business so different than what, what you've done in the past? And the answer is no. A business has a basic set of challenges that you just get better understanding of as you go through it. What about the context of doing innovative business in small towns or rural communities as opposed to in, in larger urban centers? There's pros and cons, I'm sure, but how do you see the advantage of being innovative in a small town? Oh, it's the pros far outweigh the cons. Like just the velocity of getting things done for us here in Almont, I'd say it's five times faster than being in Ottawa. Just yesterday, we were we're working on an expansion here and uh, I realized I needed some plumbing done and called the local plumber who uh, I said, can you come this afternoon? He said, yeah, no problem. In Ottawa, that, that just mm-hmm. wouldn't happen. And so people know us, they are supportive and that just, just accelerates everything. And you know, we're very happy to have picked Almond as our home. Right. So you know exactly who to call because it's a small town, I guess. People know each other, right? So you know who to call in whatever circumstance comes along people know each other and that just makes people's dedication to the work so much better. You tend to work better when you know who you're working for and and we've definitely experienced that. And the workforce itself, Omid, that you've been able to recruit there, uh, tell us about that. We hire here in Almont. We have quite a bit of the staff that comes in from Ottawa to work here. So that has been a challenge hiring locally, but we're fortunate. We're a nice commute uh, for people working in Ottawa to get out to Almont. So tell us what's next for the dairy distillery. What would you and your team like, where where would you like to take the business? So we have our ambitions on the spirit side. So next year, we're going to expand our footprint in Canada, hopefully get into Quebec and the remaining provinces. But we're really going to be working to do a U.S. launch in 2022. That's the market we need to hit to make this big. And then we have a project that's quite a ways along to produce a much larger facility to build a much larger facility to make fuel ethanol from this waste stream. And so that's something we hope to start making some real progress towards on next year. 
fuel that would be used in, in which uh, kinds of in industry or operations? In transport fuel. So right now, 10% of the fuel in our cars is ethanol to lower the carbon footprint of the, the fuel we burn. And currently we're importing 40% of our ethanol needs from the United States. So this would be a, a supply of homegrown ethanol that is actually far greener than corn ethanol, which is what the Americans are producing. Wow. Tell us about the scale of that challenge. How how difficult is it to get your products into the United States in that kind of volume? And are there supports and programs in Canada that are going to help you do that? It is a very expensive proposition. So it's one we'll raise money to do so uh, to enter the U.S. for a market like this. It'd be three to four million dollars a minimum to make any headway. So that we're lining up to do so. And also is finding the team. So we were very lucky to connect with one of the top marketing agencies in Brooklyn, New York, who's taken an interest in our story and is going to be helping us with the U.S. entry. So we're lining up the money and the people to make a real go of it in 2022. Well, that's exciting. And it's uh, encouraging during these you know kind of dark times to see that kind of hope and ambition on the horizon. So thank you so much for sharing the story, Omid, today with uh, Rural Spark. And we'll keep an eye on how you progress. And next time we're in that area, we'll, we'll drop in for sure to sample your product. Yeah, we'd love to give you a tour of our facility. Terrific. Well, you have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. And thanks to all of you for joining us this week. The Rural Spark team includes content producer Catherine Murphy and technical producer Tara Seabarth. Music by Jason Shaw. We wish you all the very best for the week ahead in your part of rural Canada. <laughs>